So what you're alluding to is a hologram in full form, right? Head to toe. The essence of it is when busy, high profile presenters like yourself aren't able to be at the in-person event due to travel, weather, double bookings, whatever it is, we're able to bring them, bring yourself, if I use you example, bring you live as a hologram with zero latency in HD video, all while eliminating the challenges of time and distance. It's one small step for man. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. We choose to go to the moon, not because they are easy, but because they I are I have hard. a dream. You can't handle the truth. Seven. Six. Five. Four. Three. Two. One. Super, 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 super. Super you. Welcome back to the Super You Podcast, the podcast designed to unlock and unleash your superpower. I'm Jake with Eagle Man Studios. In today's episode, Eric speaks with Dean Arrington. Dean is the Director of Business Development at Metro Audiovisual, a full-service production company based in Sacramento, California. Dean's expertise is centered around business development, company collaboration, and event planning. But as we've come to learn in this episode, he's a man of many talents and responsibilities. So thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Super U Podcast with Dean Arrington. Thanks for knowing that your time is limited. Thanks for joining me here today. Yeah. And just for those that don't know, the listeners that we've got here with us, Dean, I'm super excited to go over it. But Dean is Director of Business Development Design at Metro Audiovisual. In the sense, he is an expert on all these events that are happening or not happening. And that's what we're gonna talk about a little bit here. And it affects more people than you think. Because when you think about salespeople, a lot of them, the one time they connect with their customer is at these large conferences. And when these conferences don't happen, it's very difficult for these folks to have face-to-face relationships with sometimes multi-million dollar contracts. And so it affects also the people that are the vendors for these events, whether it's you're the caterer, whether you're the hotel. And so it's a massive industry. And so that's why I'm super excited to have Dean here to talk about it. And Dean, are you in Sacramento today? Yes, I'm in Sacramento. Uh, Next time I fly is next week for a site visit at the Gaylord in Texas. Oh, nice. I've been to that property many times. A lot of people love going to these Gaylord properties because people can't go anywhere. You're locked in. You're literally almost like in a high level. Prison's a bad word because the Gaylord people are great, but it's just like you can't, there's nowhere else to go. So it's good for a conference because let's say you're in Vegas, you can get quite distracted. You might not stay with Mm -hmm. your team. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it keeps everything at the event. Uh, Well, that's good news. It's funny, Sacramento, I learned a couple things. When I was there, first of all, when Zigovaneta was in office, I heard that there's a lot of leaf blowing because I guess he'd fly in from or helicopter in from Los Angeles and he always wanted to make sure the the capital, the lawns, which are gorgeous, didn't have any leaves on them. So I guess that was his kind of thing. I actually respect it because I want a clean lawn as well. I think my leaf guys just blow it into the shrubs. So it's not exactly <laughs> bagging it. They just blow it onto the shrubs. Not exactly. As mulch. Yeah, it's mulch, uh, first world problem, uh, but that's interesting. The other thing too, not to stick on the governor, but 
if you ever take a picture with the governator, he actually has pretty high lifts to make himself appear taller. Mm-hmm. And he won't, I'm quite tall, so they'll always make sure that they don't have anyone tall near him or have you on a slope. Uh, so very, very interesting. But that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about, get your opinion. Well, first of all, so it sounds like that things are busy. So I think that would be good, I think. Is it busy with a traditional event on location or is it, well, first of all, where do you think we are? Like if you're thinking one to 10, full capacity is a 10. Before we hit COVID, the business was booming. Whether you're a musician like Lady Gaga doing a live concert or whether you're these corporate conferences where I speak usually, uh, where Dean helps put these on is let's say that was a 10, or at least it was from our end, 10, full capacity, full tilt. Then you hit pandemic, goes to zero right away. Where, where do you think we are right now? We're really in flux, to be honest with you, because the conference that you and I just did together, there was 2,000 people in a large convention center. We had two events this week, one in San Jose, California, one in Terrytown, New York, which is uh, semi-upstate New York. Uh, both of them were around a hundred people. So it really depends on the industry. I know some clients are strictly virtual and they, they're not going back in person for, for quite a while. Others are back in person because they have the liability. Most corporate, you know, the Googles and Facebooks, they're not having a first event to, because if they do, they don't want to be known as a super spreader event, especially with the new variant coming out. It's, it's a very risky time, but people mask up their services now for um, vaccine verification, vaccine upload, or sorry, passport uploads, uh, testing on site. So the pandemic has given rise to not only new businesses in the events field, but obvious, and also uh, apps like Clubhouse, where it's a social audio social sharing app. So uh, the world is, is different in many different ways because of it. So on a scale of one to 10, depends on the industry two to ten really no it's true you're right it's if you're a association that gets 90 percent of your revenue from conferences you're mm-hmm. gonna push to have that conference because that's where you get your revenue whereas i won't name the company i was supposed to be in palm springs california this week but they canceled on friday actually for a tuesday Whoa. event for an event that had already been moved uh but we're speaking here in december of 2021 and the omnicron variant just came out so there was new restrictions so they had to cancel that event now it was an association event they probably would have still had it because i know an event that was right next door that still happened uh so it all depends on what your what your revenue model is and what your risk is that's right dean and when you think about that that risk out there what states and this is a tough question but what states are the most restrictive when it comes to events like you think of Miami, they're wide open, right? If you want an Miami's... event in Florida, they're going to be wide. <laughs> Florida, if you want to have your event actually happen, like Florida would be probably one, Texas two. But I'll, I'll let, what are your thoughts? I would say most states are open. Um, I have a few producer friends in Atlanta and they've never been busier in the past 18 months for some reason. Um, Texas and Florida have been open for a very long time. And California is, I'd probably say, as open as it can be because there's no shutdowns yet um, or any happening currently. Everything's pretty open. We just have to be safe with mask wearing, with uh, vaccine upload verification, 
on-site testing, that type of thing. So as long as people can do it, as long as companies can have their events safely, then they can have their event. Yeah, no, you raise a good point. When we're on, which is the event was called Site CITE. It's an amazing event because it's all the IT folks who do amazing work with all the schools in California to make sure the kids are not only safe, but they have the, the latest and greatest technology so they can learn. But yeah, you had to show your vaccination, your digital vaccination there. Uh, meanwhile, a week later in Florida, you didn't have to show anything. So it is state to state dependent. Um, not to, just because you're in California, I'd like to ask you this. Is California losing some events like this, not only because they're a little more restrictive, but also, and historically, and they've ratcheted up, there's higher taxes. I know from a speaker standpoint, they actually take a cut. They're the only state that actually proactively takes money away from a speaker. It's a, it's a tax on that speaker. And there's other taxes, I think, involved uh, throughout that. Do you see that or, or not necessarily? I would say they're not necessarily losing revenue, but the events that are happening are just more smaller rather than what they used to be. For example, uh, site, that's, that was a really, really great turnout because most people hadn't seen each other in almost two years. Um, smaller events, usually we have an event that we do with a company in Boston every year. And normally that's five to 600. We only had 50, 60 people and most of it was internal. So it's just how people, people are getting more creative when it comes to events and how to produce it and really focus on the content rather than the, the flair of Vegas or golf resorts or something like that. So it's just more uh, strategic in that manner. A lot of people believe that they'll actually be the roaring 20s as we go through this for a lot of reasons. One, there's pent up demand, but also two is that as everyone starts to work remote, work virtually, is that the money that is saved from, not all the money, but it's a huge amount of money. You have to pay for parking, the employees aren't you know much smaller space for uh, your corporate lease so commercial you know real estate takes a big hit but they're like when we get together though it's going to be an event so when we kind of quote unquote mandate that the company comes together it's going to be an event number one have you started to see any of that it, or in two do you believe that's going to happen i haven't seen anything yet with that um which kind of take some some wind out of your your balloon but like i said the the work days and the apples they're not having any in-person events i mean the i'll give you one example one of uh we got a new client uh in 2020 we did their virtual event for three days it was a government association normally they only have three four hundred people show up to the event we had over four thousand people join virtually Wow, they are even thinking of not even doing in-person events anymore because virtual was so successful. And I mean, legitimately successful. I had people emailing me saying how much fun it was. Uh, they loved working from home. They loved giving their their address or their presentation or their panel discussion in their office and then going about their day. Right, their commute is from their bed to their office or bed to the couch. Right, so it's just a different way of thinking and. Another caveat would be, I was telling this back in 2020, people of this 2020, CES, the big show, consumer electronics show in Vegas every year, the parent company of that, the Consumer Technology Association, they're one of our clients, we handle some of their smaller events for them. And 
it didn't happen in 2021. Well, it's happening in 2022. So my hope would be that CES goes well, everybody's safe, everybody learns from this huge, you know, 100,000 plus person event, and they can take snippets of what CES did successfully and what CES would change into their own business model. No, that's well said. Now, CES, you might not know this, but are they gonna, you have to show proof like would it help the entire industry if they just came out, whether it's the government, it's probably have to be the government. Government comes out and says, okay, you can have big events, but you've got to show proof of vaccination. At least there's ground rules down and then maybe it reduces the liability for these corporations if they were to come out and do that. What do you think gets us rolling as quickly as possible? The mandate would help. You are right about that, but I think some people would be up in arms about that. Um, because a lot of people obviously against taking the vaccine because it's so new or for whatever other reason, um, it would help, but only to a certain extent, because the, when the government gives it, gets involved, things kind of go awry. The states and counties are doing it their own way based on where the event is. So if I have a client here in Sacramento and they're going to go down to Los Angeles County for an event at the convention center laws are different from Sacramento to LA. So it really depends on it. I know CES because it's a more than a 10,000 person event, the standard standards are a lot higher to get in and to attend. But if the government steps in, I don't know, it's it sounds like a recipe for disaster because things are going pretty well. Uh, in my point of view, from from my perspective in the event industry, as far as COVID testing, vaccine upload and verification, that type of thing. No, it's well said. And then you alluded to it. So virtual, obviously, it's something we've lived with the last two years. The one benefit, actually a big benefit of the pandemic is it hyper accelerated, in my mind, seven years forward, virtual conferences. And so virtual existed before the pandemic, but it was poorly done. And no one, not many people did it. I mean, we would even offer, hey, I can't fly to Las Vegas to be on stage, but I can do it remote. I can do it virtually. So walk me through kind of where we are. Well, I guess it gets a good question is, so we started off, we started doing virtual. It's pretty much a terrible experience because they go, all right, let's just use go to meeting and we try to cobble this thing together and try to run an event on a platform. No offense to go to meeting, but it just wasn't designed for that. A platform that's not designed for a virtual event. Uh, walk me through kind of, I guess a good question is, how do you do virtual well right now? And then the second question is, I know you've got some cool technology that I do want to talk about. What's it look like in the future? So people that do virtual well right now, what do they do? And what does it look like in the future? Really good question. So people who are doing good virtual now is getting off of Zoom and actually giving them some sort of movie-like experience or at least some sort of news broadcast experience. So we had been producing, we have a, a niche in the pharmaceutical in industry and I've been with Metro AV for five years now. And right uh, before that, our president, Michael Griffiths, was saying that we do virtual events for uh, some pharmaceutical clients. And I, I heard of them, I just didn't really know what it was about. And it wasn't anything major, nothing like you would see today. It was mainly a lot of webcasting and run of show and kind of day of producing. 
but you want to give people some more engaging content rather than just somebody speaking on Zoom with a screen share. So the, the interplay of hardware and software is really key when it comes to giving people the engagement like you are in the, in the room, general session or breakout room or otherwise, and also having some sort of networking. Nobody's really cracked the code on virtual networking or digital networking. Um, it's still, some people just jump into a Zoom room, some people use Remo, some people use other uh, platforms, but it really comes down to the content. Now, alluding to what you said uh, two minutes ago about hyper-accelerating the industry, yes, absolutely. Virtual has been around for 10, 15, maybe even 20 years. Nobody did it because everybody was so focused on in-person events because that's where you get the best engagement. Um, what does the future look like? Definitely hybrid, 100% hybrid. I would probably say 50% of the events are hybrid. The other 30, 35 are in-person only, and the 5 to 15% are 100% virtual because like I alluded to earlier with one of our government clients, they don't want to do, they really, as, as far as I'm concerned, they don't, they have no need for it. They got 4,000 people. I'd rather have 4,000 people virtually than 400 people in person. So it just reaches a much broader audience and they're actually able to go international now. So it's, it, you really have to look at your, your sector, your channel, your silo individually and see what's best for your shareholders and your attendees. No, and then on the hybrid front, and I think you might have technology you're developing, if not you though, feel free to mention others. For a long time, this is going back even six years ago, I've been trying to get, and others in the space, whether you're a singer, whether you're a speaker like myself, trying to get a hologram. So a high quality hologram, because you lose revenue if you can't be, at a, you only have a certain amount of dates that you can physically be somewhere. And if you can't be there, can you send basically in your place a 360 life looking hologram uh, that's on stage? And a lot of them, holograms have benefits because you make the hologram bigger, smaller, depending on the stage. You can, obviously their voice never gets tired. Um, anyways, there's a lot of benefits to a hologram but it was expensive. I remember the last time I checked into it, for me to be the hologram on stage is gonna be $80,000. So it's cheaper to actually physically have me on stage than it is to send a hologram. Um, do you, are you familiar? I think you guys are developing some hologram-like stuff. Like, have you seen any technology around holograms or are you guys developing something like that? Yeah, so we actually have a hologram solution ourselves. We partnered with a company called Art Media. And we are the strategic supplier for the West Coast. So if you draw a line from Montana all the way down to Texas, all the way across to uh, Hawaii and Alaska, and we also have exclusive rights in South America. So what you're alluding to is a hologram in full form, right? Head to toe. So the, the essence of it is when busy, high profile presenters like yourself aren't able to be at the in-person event due to travel, weather, double bookings, whatever it is, we're able to bring them, bring yourself, if I use you example, bring you live as a hologram with zero latency in HD video, all while eliminating the challenges of time and distance. So you would give your keynote and then with or without slides, we can do both but you would give your address and then you would be able to engage and interact with the attendees 
in the room in real time. You would be able to see them, they would be able to see you and you can have a two-way conversation with zero latency. And if that wasn't cool enough, if you're working with a company like Workday or Microsoft that has multiple offices around the world, we can put you, Eric, in multiple locations all in one time, all at the same time with zero latency. So we can actually multiply yourself to give the same address. So there's the ROI is huge when it comes to that. And there's other ways that we can do it as well in reverse. So if Eric Qualman wants to be on stage with the Dalai Lama and Bill Gates, they could be in three different locations around the world. We could capture each person and put them onto one stage all at the same time. So you'd be able to have this really unique, amazing panel discussion for, from different points of view all on the same stage. You wouldn't be able to do that in a normal setting. Sure, you could put them up on screen, no problem. But to have them in full form, that's where the real magic is. No, you're right. Full form. I didn't even think about it from a CEO perspective. If they have all hands meetings and they've got 30 different corporate offices and take that even to the next level, because I assume you could have, could you have them in someone's house or no, it takes a little bit of, let's start one thing at a time. So I'm a CEO, I'm having an all hands meeting. We've got, let's make it easy, 15 offices around the world. You're saying I could be a hologram in all 15 of those. And so if someone raised their hand in London, I could call on that person. And then 30 seconds later, someone raised their hand in Shanghai, I can call on them. Basically, it's all happening in real time and they feel like the person's in the room. Absolutely. What you just said is 100% correct. Obviously, in the green room, the green studio, the virtual setting, if you will, that's where we would have multiple monitors and multiple camera feeds so you could see everything. Everything would be labeled, so on and so forth. So oh, exactly. Cool. You could that's see awesome. Shanghai. You could see London. You can see Toronto. You, know, you can see Anchorage. You could see everybody in the room. Um, and then be able to engage him, engage, engage with them in a two-way conversation. And everybody would be able to see and hear everybody based on the switching needs. So it's a really amazing technology. That's really cool. And then what's the name of it again? It was um so the technology is called Hollow Presence. Okay, Hollow Presence, kind of Hollow Presence. And we actually we have a live offering, a virtual event offering, and a standalone built-in. Uh, offering for more like war rooms, business rooms, lecture halls, that type of thing. So it's a permanent installation. Oh, interesting. Now let's take this one step further. So you got Elon Musk, he's going in these 15 different all hands meetings, but since it's the world we live in, he's got another 20,000 employees that are working at home. He wouldn't be able to be in their house because it still requires some physical components to make Elon appear, correct? Correct. We would need their specialty screens and hardware and software that we need for the receiving side. So to put it in someone's home, we're not there just yet. I know our partner just shared with me that Dubai ordered two dozen, three dozen different systems so they can start doing telehealth in hologram. So that's where Dubai is. It's going to take us, you know, in the United States, every, basically everywhere else a few years to get there. But that's what they're focusing on is hologram full form telemedicine. Okay, pretty cool. Hologram, full form telemedicine. That makes sense. And then what's it look like? I think I've seen these before. Is it it's sort of like a black box for lack of a better term, like a wire 
think of like a for the listener a, a black wired box that's still the same true it really depends so on the virtual setting it's just a green room so okay. the green the green fabric is behind you we can put anything we want there you can be on the beach you could be in the white house doesn't matter when it comes to the permanent installation yeah it's a big box it's used to bring people in from different areas in the country and have that stay put now for the temporary solution the event side there is a fabric that's not as a it's not a projection fabric it's a very special unique fabric um, you project onto that and you can see the person in full form so if the person is five four in real life they'll be five four on the screen if they're six six like yourself eric or six eight they will be six eight on the screen so we can really focus on the quality and it's with simple projection but the the real magic is inside the hardware and software and the two computers being synced up that's where the real magic is no that's pretty cool and then so going with your example of there's a panel myself bill gates dalai lama i'd love that that'd be great but I can't, so neither of us, none of us can make it to the event. Let's say I'm paying, just give me a range too. I don't need to give you the exact cost because I know there's stuff that, that varies. But if I were to be on stage, I can't make it. So I'm like, we can send a hologram. On that stage, you're going to have to have some kind of fabric or screen that's hard to see because when I've seen it, you won't see it. But for, in order to project it, it's actually projecting, I believe, on some kind of either in that black wire box or on a screen. That you can't see when you see this technology listener it's amazing it looks like the person's really there what what's the range to get just one of us to appear on that stage like what's the cost because you have to set it up right we do have to set it up so it, it depends on the scope of work and we our screens come in five foot width and a 10 foot width that's typical i can put one person on the five foot wide screen i could put two people max on the 10 foot wide screen in theory we have a whole lot of this so the lot comes in i think 160 feet or something like that i could make a 160 foot wide screen but to put three people on there we can make a 20 foot screen no problem it just depends on who's going to be on there at what time and depending on the size of the panel it could be six people then would obviously we have to make it a little bit larger but each person should be able to take up five to seven feet like you would see on a real panel on a real stage okay no, that makes sense and then not to not to make it comfortable, but just it could be like, is it bigger than a bread box? Like, what's the range? Let's just the example would be like, I'm gonna be on stage. I'm six seven. I'm on stage. Like, how much would that? Do you give me a range? Because it can be just so we have a scope. Like, cause a range helps because people might be thinking it's gonna be a million dollars, or no, it's X to X is roughly what the current market is. So for a good question, for a one-to-one, -one, right? I need to put Eric in London, you're standing in LA. That's yep. 30K, give okay. or take, with travel expenses. Got it. The, the travel expenses for the people who have to set up the, the device that you need there for it to work. Correct, the send and the receive side. Okay. Um, if there's three people, then you're probably looking at right around 50 to 60K, again, based on travel expenses. But each location, each send side is going to be more expensive than the receive side, receive side, because I have green screens, I have lights, I have cameras, I have more technicians, I have more hardware. So depending on how many people are being sent to this space, 
50 to 80K, give or take. Um, I may be a little bit high on the 80K, but maybe 50 to 60. It really just depends. And the length of time, I know I get that question asked a lot. It's for a whole day. So this isn't for only 30 minutes. No, we could do two four-hour blocks or two uh, six-hour blocks. It's for the whole day. So it's not just a one-off year. There's no time limit, if you will. Okay, very cool. Very cool. Anything else in the future that gets you excited that's out there because like i can't wait for this to occur in the event space what gets me excited um getting back to live events hybrid is always fun we've been doing it for a decade um but just seeing what other people come out with and really just push the envelope for the event industry whether it's using new technology like the holopresence system or just being creative when it comes to a seating diagram or how you know a keynote address is being consumed. It's just trying different ways and maybe even hacking the event space in some sort of way, just thinking outside the box. I always try to, I never try to sit on my laurels. I always try to do something different when it comes to stage design. So really just seeing what can be done in the next, like you were talking about roaring 20s, because there is a lot of pent up demand for purchases of all shapes and sizes. So the event space is obviously in there because people love networking. They love to pinch the flesh. They love seeing people. Uh, virtual does it, but not as well as in person. Agree, 100. Can't wait to get back to it. It'll be awesome. Then a couple more questions and we'll wrap it up. Uh, more fun question here. You've been in the event space. Wild things happen at event spaces. Everyone listening has been to an event. You've seen it. You've got a story. Terry got overserved, whatever it might be. Uh, you've seen more than most. Feel free to scrub names to protect the innocent, but what's one of the craziest things you've ever seen at an event? Craziest thing. Like, There's I can't so believe this levels. just happened. I mean, this, the, it's hard to beat the crazy because I don't know if you saw this lady this week was breastfeeding her cat on a Delta airplane. Uh, I did see that hairless cat breastfeeding on the Delta airplane. So that's also part of it, the travel, the fun of travel, but yeah, anything, what's the wild and the bizarre that you've seen out there? <sighs> my stuff's pretty tame compared to some of my <laughs> other friends. Um, I just, not, or maybe it's from a friend that you heard this story about X, Y, Z. I know I'll think of a better story as soon as we end this podcast, but um, not crazy more. I can't believe they spent the money to do this. So I know this was back, you know, corporate, they have a lot of money. They can spend it. They have to spend a certain amount of money or, you know, it gets taken away from them or whatever it is. So some Texaco Exxon Chevron gas company, they paid the hotel to rip out all of the carpet, put in their own custom carpet, and then have the event and then pay for new carpet to be put back into the space. So I have a thousand stories like that. I don't have any stories of breastfeeding on a plane <laughs> or anything like that, but I have, I can't believe they paid for that. That's awesome. That's amazing. They were able to do that. Um, I have other scary stories when it comes to people risking their lives, being like electrocuted, doing crazy stuff, but I'll save that for another, another time. No, fair enough. Fair enough. And I, I set you up poorly because I gave an outrageous story. But yeah, there's <laughs> the event space, just like uh, Best in Show. If anyone's ever seen that movie that goes over these dog competitions, I do think there should be like a Best in Show for the whole event industry because there's just 
so many nuances and so much wild things that happen behind the scene before the actual event happens or actually during the event that no one ever knows about. Um, but switching gears here, just as kind of rapid fire, best advice you've ever been given, just in general, life advice. Best advice. Um, good question. I would have to say the best advice I'd be ever I was ever given was just be yourself because everybody else is taken. Nice. Just be yourself because everyone else is taken. I like that. What about, is there a podcast or a book that you think the audience, everyone should read or, or check out? Well, definitely Eric Qualman's podcast is top of my list, but, um, <laughs> flatter will I'm, get you everywhere. My friend, <laughs> that's what I'm told. Um, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not that big into podcasts. I'm a big music guy. I love just turning on music, um, and just listening and working on designs or quotes or whatever. Um, the best book, um, it's hard to say because so many people are in different industries. I would find the top 10, the top 10 list of marketing or sales or real estate or events or you know public speaking or whatever it is and read the top three or top five top three or top five and actually read them once or twice because even when i go to read read reread books i still learn something that i didn't comprehend at the time or i might have heard or been a part of a life lesson where i go and i read it and it hits me even harder because i was a part of that so it really depends on the market you're in, but definitely finding the top three or top five books in the industry and reading those. Perfect. And the last question is, if I were to take your phone and I go, I'm going to delete one app, but you're allowed to tell me, just please don't delete this app. Which app would you want to stay on there? Like that's your app. Don't delete that app. I, I can't exist or it'd be tough. That's the one I don't want you to delete. I would have to, going back to what I just said about music, I would have to say my Sonos app because playing music throughout the house, cooking, cleaning, whatever it is, uh, that's the first app I go to to play music. So don't delete my Sonos app. There you go. That's it from Dean Arrington. Thanks, Dean. I know you're super busy traveling the world, putting on events. I can't wait to see you at the next one. I'm always happy to see you because I know it's going to be A++. Um, so thanks for sharing your insights here today. As always good, as always, to catch up. Thanks, Eric. Appreciate your time. Great working with you again. And hopefully we can see you again soon. So thanks again for listening to today's Super You podcast. Again, it's a podcast designed to unlock and unleash your inner superpower. And if you want to pay it forward, make sure you go post a review for the Super You podcast because what that will do, it'll allow others that aren't familiar with our podcast to discover it. And hopefully that allows them to unlock and unleash their inner superpower. So that's it for today's show. I'm your host, Equal Man, reminding all of us, it's not what we take from the world, it is what we leave behind. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Super, 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 super you.